this is the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. We're at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. We're at Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. We're at A to Z podcast.com. Uh, shouts to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks uh, for helping to make this thing happen. They've all been with us for a long time, helping in various ways. Um, we all know what's going on in the world. Help them. Uh, in, in different ways that you can. They're all on social media. They've all got different circumstances. Um, but uh, we are truly, truly, truly appreciative of what you guys have supported us and this um, through the years and in speaking for all those places. Again, that scene, that's the Honeymoon Grill and American Fireworks. Uh, we're truly appreciative of them. So, Trey, we've had a lot of time to reflect, a lot of time to Ride bikes with the kids. A lot of time to sleep on the couch. A lot of time to text yeah. each other. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm up from a nap and I'm talking to you. Yeah, uh, I haven't washed my hands. My hands I haven't washed my hands so much probably in my entire life. Um, as much as I like after everything, and it should be this way. I mean, like after everything we do, it's like we've told our kids so much. It's just like um, uh, it's amazing when you just t- pay attention to, to little small details of life. Um, and everything that you touch, I guess the one thing that we got to get out to everybody out there, and I'm not, you know, some mental coach, but, um, how you doing mentally? Because this is a mental thing. This is a, it's a physical thing, but really mentally for all of us, um, mentally, how do you get through just kind of, like you said, doing all the bike rides? Uh, we took the kids to the park today and just kicked the soccer ball or ran around and just found a way to get them dirty and keep them moving around as they kept their six feet distance from everyone that came close. I think the more maddening thing is, and somebody tweeted this out, or, or I've seen every every Instagram post that you can see, and every person that thinks they're funny. But it's amazing how different some people take this whole situation, and some people's jobs aren't allowing them to social distance or you know stay away because they have to work. And my heart goes out to them. But the people that don't, it's like, what are you doing? Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't like being told what to do. Um, I don't like, to, like what this situation has put any of us in. But the more you don't pay attention to it, the longer this shit is going to last. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, honestly, I've been on more phone calls, non-work phone calls, because you have time, right? Right. Like, right. people are at home or... Or people are at their desk, but I mean, mostly they're at home, right? It's, they're not, right. you know, like people that I to I, I talk to, they live and work in the sports world, so they're not at practice. They're not in team meetings. They're not on recruiting trips. They're at home or they're on a walk, right? And like what I have done with like o- almost every conversation has turned to, hey, uh, you know, this is only like day seven of this, like – you better keep your chin up because right. in three weeks the same shit's going to be going on, <laughs> you know. Exactly. <laughs> and and exactly. Um, you know, just, just speaking for me, which is really all I can do. I, you know, I've been mostly good. I, I've, I've been known to pout a little bit and make myself snap out of it on a normal day. And I know there's been a couple times you've texted me like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "I'm here pouting." And you're like, "You got to stop." And I'm like, "I know, I am. I'm just saying, like at this very <laughs> moment, that's what I was doing. Like, I got up from the computer, I got up from whatever project I was half-assedly working on because I was that bored, and I went and laid on the couch. And when I <laughs> picked up my phone because it beeped, right, or it lit up, and it was you, right. and you said, "How you doing?" And I said, "I'm not doing real well, but I'm okay." Yeah, you're like, "I'm pouting." <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, one thing I left out, if you are new here, we, we do occasionally say bad words in venture into mature slash immature subjects. So if that's not for you, um, or if you're in an environment where you can't have that, uh, put on earbuds or come back another time. But a couple episodes ago when Dr. Knott was doing his wash your hands, wash your ass thing, and we were all <laughs> laughing. Uh, last week before, when you were still in Arizona, um, and, and before, you know, all, all of this stuff had kind of closed everything. Um, I texted you and I was like, yo, and if you guys could ever see our text, like that's a sign <laughs> that it's serious because it usually starts with, Hey, dumbass, Hey, tubby, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> and so he come, he gets it like 20 minutes later and he's like, what's up? And I'm like, I just want you to know I washed my ass today. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like it was time. It was uh, four in the afternoon. It was time to shower. <laughs> Right, right. It's amazing. It is truly amazing, man. That, and and I never think about this. I really don't, because uh, we do. I talk to. I, I bullshit with you so much, um, that our podcast is just an extension of us, just us being us. That I take for granted some of the things I say on this podcast because it's just you and I being you and I. Um, and I mean no offense to that. If anything, I think this is the realest me you get in any form of, of any of the jobs that I have. Um, so I, I like, you know, when, when you're hanging out with friends and I hope anybody that's listening to this kind of gets it when you're hanging out with a buddy and talking to your buddy, you say all kinds of crap that you, that you don't recall because it's just us being us mm-hmm. and whether it be you texting something like that, or like a John Tellich, who I have all this respect for, you know, I grew up, a whole, you've heard, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, if you're a long time listener, you know that, you know, for Zach and I, as nerdy as it may come off and as nerdy as it may be, and as much as the world has changed, the John Telleges and the Jim Donovans and the Terry Plutos and the list could go on of just people we grew up reading, listening, watching, even Tom Hamilton. Like for me, my life has been this, 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 this unbelievable, you know, just set of being around all these people. But when I have John Tellich texting me like the day after that, he texts me a couple, like a week ago, I was in Arizona and I woke up to this text at like 45 in the morning and obviously it was 945 back here. But John Thomas is like, Hey, Dr. Knopf, following your script. I washed my ass and washed my hands. You know, it's like, and like, I cringe because I'm like, Oh my God, John Tellich is like, <laughs> like, Oh, then you remember how many people listen to your podcast. And I hate that. And I don't hate it. It is what it is. I am what I am. I'm not perfect. Um, but that slogan and if we had the time and we had a print press, I guess we could put that shirt out and people would buy them and have nowhere to wear them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to kind of be the slogan of the pod for 2020, I guess, is watch your hands and watch your hands. <laughs> that was never my intention, but um, that's kind of how this podcast rolls sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, and we've talked about that before. You know, and also, this goes for us, but this goes for anybody that has a job where there's a microphone or anybody that insists on being on Twitter or, or wants to be or needs to be on Twitter. Like it's simple life math. Like the more you talk, the more likely you are to say something dumb. We've both done it. Exactly. Right? Like exactly. Um, yes. there's more egregious than, than we've done. <laughs> there's more frequent than we've done, but it's, it's how it goes. A long, long time ago, you told the story about being young in the business and someone telling you about the red light going on the camera, you know? And yep. And yep. like, that's how it is. And you get to a certain comfort level to where you don't think it's going to happen to you. But guess what? It can happen to you. 
right? It can happen to you. It definitely can. One funny, time um, in the history of this podcast, guys, one time <laughs> have we gone back and taken <laughs> and made something so you didn't hear it. And it was it was yeah. absolutely nothing that either of us said about a coworker, a person, a group of people. It was we were laughing so hard and getting personal about something completely silly that yeah. we came back at the yeah. same time and said words that had someone taken those words out of context yeah. could have been construed <laughs> as us going down a road. We didn't want to go down. That's it. One time we've right. been doing right. this for forever. The other times right. we've said, I mean, there's been times I've, I've gotten texts or tweets and said, Oh boy, did I really say that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Or, I've, or, or more likely, Oh, Hey, you know, I was kind of half-assed listening to your podcast, and then I was really listening. And boy, did you come close to saying this! And that's right; yeah. it's okay. Well, <laughs> well, that's the thing. We have friends that like know the other parts of the story. <laughs> you know, they know like, they're like, I can't believe you guys went there. We said that. Um, that's been the, the positive of this podcast, but it's also it's the tightrope. It's the tightrope, right? I mean, and and I think that's the yeah. beauty of doing these things and. But it's also you have to be a, not scared, but you've got to be afraid because um, loose lips sink, sink ships. And in that same quality, before we did this podcast today, I've got this a Jacksonville radio station that I've gone on for years, all the way back to when I was a Brown sideline reporter. And they called the other day and they texted the other day, um, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we just signed Joe Schobert. We would love to get you on." And my first answer is instantly like, "Guys." Um, you know, I'm not on the Browns beat anymore. <laughs> like, call, and I used to be like, call Zach Jackson. <laughs> yeah, call. Yes. Like, this guy will give you good information. Or this guy. And like, but I got nothing better to do. So I just said to the guy, I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I don't cover the team, but, you know, I know him. And he was like, yeah, hey, we'd rather talk to you than anybody else. We just love having you on the show, da, 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 da. And I go, okay. So in true sports radio fashion, yesterday I was supposed to go on. And right when I was supposed to go on, they traded for who was the quarterback they traded for? They they got rid of Foles. Yeah. And and like and they like called me and they they gave the call of, um, hey Dre, I know you've worked in radio, and I was like, dude, I don't care, I'm not going anywhere. You're not hurting tomorrow. my feelings. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, talk Nick Foles. I was like, if that gets you through your your four hours, get through your four hours talking Nick Foles. Andre takes no, you know, I don't. It's fine. Call me again tomorrow. I have nothing to do. So they called me again today, today, and I did the interview, and I think this will be a good segue into free agency talk, and I'm sure we'll get back into not going anywhere talk sooner than later. Um, and I started talking about Joe Schobert, and I want to think on our last podcast, we didn't have a heated debate. I don't think we ever have heated debates, but we obviously were on our own sides about who and what Joe Schobert is, what his worth is. You know, you you even said, "Hey, you want a game for him, a couple games for him," and 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 in our day and age of doing this, you have the spectrums from the Michael Irving to you tweeted her out perfectly today. He needs to get off the Twitter machine. The Stephen A. Smiths, all the way to the Tony Grossies, all the way to the my two dads. Everybody talks and wants to inform and entertain and put their stake down as the baddest shit talker in the game. And be the most – I don't know if anybody wants to be the most informative. We should have more people that want to be the most informative. But I had a wrestling match with my own mind today, Zach, talking about Joe Schober. Because on one hand, I, what's his contract that he signed for? I just I read it and just kind of glanced and chuckled. 
Um, well, he well, got a lot of money. Let, let me cut you off real quick to say this. He, this is the perfect example of what we forget, and, and I'm not scolding anyone here. I'm saying we. Joe Schobert signs the deal, and of course his agent puts it out there five years, 53. Right, and in yeah. the in, in MLB in the NBA, though he's getting every dime of that. In the NFL, it's the guarantees, and the guarantees are like twenty two. So right. you have to it keep that bad. in mind, right? Yes, yes, yes. You're yeah. correct. And twenty two, and look, and this, and I hope we have young journalists or young kids that are listening to this because this is something I go through a ton too. I'm, I'm admitting it. Joe Schobert, the person, and I've met him only probably four times, but I had a couple really good interviews with him. I had a really good one with him at the end of the last football season uh, where there weren't a lot of guys around. It was a lot of one-on-one. I know you had a one-on-one interview with him when you went out and golfed with him and went out and saw him in his own hometown. And I'll admit, that I don't want to say that jades, but that changes how you look at someone you cover. Sure. When you can get quality time, when you can get quality time with them and you're just not in the locker room with 30 other reporters or 20 other reporters – so I've, I've had a small amount of time, whether it be 45 minutes an hour, where I got to know Joe Schobert, not the guy in, in, in a helmet and shoulder pads. I just got to know the person. And as I start talking about him on the radio today, like on one hand, I want to be like, man, $23 million for a guy that can't stop the run, but he's a guy that plays every day. Like I had that real, and I guess what I'm saying is, because I'm a real person, the tug of war in me wanted to go on, the, 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 on one shoulder, Zach, I wanted to go on and say, Good for him, he's getting the money, but no way in the world I'd give him $23 million in guaranteed money to be on my football team. But because I know the guy pretty well, and I know how he felt towards the end of the football season last year, how he felt like it was right after the T-shirt stuff that Freddie Kitchens had worn. And, I, and I, I'll say this now, and, and Joe just came right out to me, and he was like, I'm just sick of all the bullshit, man. I just want to play football and win football games. And he goes, I'm sick of having to answer questions about fucking T-shirts and, and tennis shoes and and clown like he had just he, he and I'm and I didn't say this when it happened because I didn't feel like it was my place. But now that he's moved on and he's got his money, good for him. Um, he's going to say all the right things. But we, I, we had one of those conversations. You know what I mean? We had just a straight up like he's like, dude, I just want to play football. I want to, you know, me and my wife want to help take care of families, want to help with the community we're in. But we're, we're sick of all the sideshows. I just want to play football. And that comment to me came up as I was talking about him today. And I thought in my mind said I was going to go on and be like, yeah, good luck with that. And like three minutes into the conversation, I couldn't say anything bad about Joe Schober. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't say anything bad about him. I'm like, I'm happy for him. I'm like, he's a good dude. He's going to play every down. You don't got to worry about him when he leaves the facility. You know that he, he knows where the line guy is up. Um, and, I, and in the back of my mind, I kept saying all this good stuff, but the, and I kept thinking, I don't want him to leave my defense, but hey, God bless him that he got this money. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? is part of the complication of this conversation. And, and frankly, we've been having it since November is that the Browns have not had many guys like this, Trey. They, the number of them that have yeah. made to the second contract with the team, given all the turnover has been low. And the ones that have, have gotten done in, in advance, right? They've, they've been right. locked up right. and, and gone. And we've been saying he's the imperfect player, but man, reliable, smart, wise, Logs all those snaps, calls all the signals. There's a price on that. And I I did not talk to Joe about the negotiation at all. But I know that his demands, the Browns decided they weren't going to meet them. And the Bengals wanted him badly, and his best friend in the world plays for the Bengals. And they were not going to go to the number that he wanted. So he signed for that. The Jaguars love it. I, I don't know if that means that Tevin Smith 
is just not going to play football, or if they want to have two 220-pound linebackers, you know, I, I don't know. They're, uh, they're moving Miles Jack outside linebacker, I was told. Yeah, no, um, and that, that makes but, sense. And I mean, yeah. you usually just play two of them anyway, right? Um, right, right. But, yeah, I mean, it, the Browns did not get better for him leaving, right? You have to acknowledge right. that, and, and time will tell. Uh, and based on the expenditures that we've seen in four days from the Browns, um, it it does not look like that they value linebacker. Now, to me, well, it, we're not going to know any answer until October, November. But to me, when you play in a division with Lamar Jackson, I need to value linebackers. And well, you could well, well you could flip that well, and say he's ahead, not the linebacker for that anyway. But I just think you do. And, and I just yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. Well, see, this is where I think you and I we're in the same neighborhood, just different street. Um, you're right, and and I said that on this Jacksonville interview. I said, hey, in the AFC North, my only qualm with having Joe Schobert is you have to have somebody that can run downhill and meet the running backs that you're going to have to meet at the point of contact. At the point of contact, he has issues at times because of his lack of size. Um, you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Fair enough. You're going to see him twice a year. The Steelers, for all their everything else, they still run the ball. They come downhill on you, and they got those big 320-pound guards that are going to come down on middle linebackers. The Bengals, say what you will, they will run the football at you as well. I think we all agree that the three teams that you play, um, when things are going right and the weather is cold November or December, they're going to try to knock the snot out of you. And to me, that's the most difficult thing that Joe Schobert has to do on a football field. I guess I would throw back at you is this. Yeah, when you play against those those three running teams, and especially Lamar Jackson, linebackers should be important. But what type of linebackers should be important is the question I would ask you. Yeah, and well, that's why the Lamar Jackson question complicates it, because we also just said that in most of the other games, 70% of the snaps, you're playing two linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. Off, off the ball, true linebackers who are right. either dropping and in, in reading the play who are lining up on a tight end and covering him in man, or occasionally, you know, coming up to, to read the run or, or to blitz to keep you off balance. But what, I mean, what we know what Schobert's best at, and that's dropping in coverage and making, making the read based on what he either sees from the quarterback or reads in the, the pattern slash the alignment, right? That That's right, where he's made right. his plays is beating guys to spots and stripping the ball or, or getting in there. So, um, you just look at well, like Kirksey wasn't an, an e- for any other team. Kirksey was an easy cut, and it probably was still an easy cut for the Browns. I mean, when you make seven million and you haven't played, it's just the team can't keep you. They can't pay you. Yeah, that money. right. Isn't it funny that Mike Pettin got him eight million a year though? I mean, well, we don't know that. No, he only got four guaranteed. Right? He got four guaranteed. Hey, that's a lot of money to get guaranteed for barely playing two years. Yes, but that's also but but that's like the baseline. For a starting linebacker, right? You know, right. I mean, and, he'll, and you know what? Well, there, and see, and I mentioned this earlier. And here's where me and you and I may be in the same ballpark. I don't know if either one of them deserved the money that they asked for, but I. It's hard for me to let go of two veteran linebackers, and yeah. basically, you're going to go to you're going to the two kids you drafted last year. And you're going to the guy you picked up from was it Chicago? Uh, Green Bay, um, BJ or the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Packers, yeah, yeah. Um, because linebacker is a leadership position, and suddenly, and this has been the Browns to me. This is a story that we don't talk about because there's so much turnover and because there's so much controversy. 
But I think this plays into why we get there. Just having leadership and just telling guys how we're going to go about this. Can Mac Wilson do that after one year? Um, can Taki Taki, who I, I, I don't even want to talk bad about people right now. <laughs> but, but you're going to ask a lot for those two guys, yeah. like suddenly. And you're going to ask the guy that hasn't been a part of your team, and you just don't – the fabric of who you are and what you are changes so often that you never become anything. And that's the, the issue. And I, But at the same time, sitting here right now, um, I couldn't have a parade for giving Schobert the same contract he got from Jacksonville. He deserves it. Good for him. Yeah. I wouldn't have gave it to him. I couldn't have given Kirksey the money that he got either because, well, he hasn't played the last two years. And I say that, and Kirksey never missed a damn snap until two seasons ago, that's right. right? That's right. Schobert hasn't missed a snap in the last two years. I guess what we're really getting at is the NFL is unforgiving. It's not for long, and it's not fair. Yeah. Um, and hey, I hope Schobert, they figured this out. Schobert missed a snap in one game last year. He played 100% of the defensive snaps in 15 of the 16 games last year. That's amazing. So, That's amazing. Um, while – and everybody kind of knew this was coming, but it be, just became official as I logged on Twitter. Todd Gurley has been released. I had You knew that was coming. And, I just, did I text you? What, well, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Well, the situation there, Shirley guys, is that they couldn't trade. They couldn't give him away. They had to pay him a $5 million roster bonus. If they kept him, it was going to become 10 or 13, something like that. So here's a guy that just two years ago was the back of backs and the perfect back for that offense that was revolutionizing the NFL, right? Because he could get between the tackles and he could catch it on the perimeter. Yep and turn his shoulders up and, and pound 220-pound linebackers who tried to get him when he had his, had his team, yeah. right? Uh, and two right. years later, he's looking for a job and now is going to go sign with the Bucks or the Steelers or, or someone like that for, ooh, ooh, for, for ooh. much less money. Um, but this, this, with the Bucks? this should hit home. <laughs> it's the perfect segue to this conversation from a Brown standpoint for this reason. We just had a very healthy debate on you got to pay these guys. What do you value at certain positions, right? And, and yep. if analytics driven, front office, or just for certain reasons, and, and, and Kirksey's reasons were obvious, you're not going to pay these guys. That's fine. But Nick Chubb is the best player on the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb right now is the perfect player. No baggage, no injuries, no bullshit, no nothing. And he's a year away from being extension eligible. And Todd Gurley was the first running back to do this. And Zeke did it. And the rest of them are doing it because their only recourse is you finish yep. your three, Dre, and you don't come back to camp until you got that money. Right? Exactly. And so exactly. now it's great this week that the Browns are handing out 30 mil to Conklin, 22 mil to Hooper, maybe more to get this safety if they can get something worked out with the Vikings. Right? But a year from now, the best player on your team, after you pay the second best player on your team, uh, 50 guaranteed, Miles Garrett, the best player on your team who's a running back is going to want his money. And how you handle that, woo-wee! Well, and it's taking a step further off of what Zach just broke down to you. Earlier today, Rams gave quarterback Jared Goff who will have his $21 million roster bonus paid today, while another $43 million of his future salary and bonus becomes fully guaranteed. He now holds a whopping $94 million dead cap figure for 2020. <laughs> so, yeah, you can talk about Gurley being injured, not having the same explosiveness, and all those other things, but you can only pay so many of these guys these huge numbers to go off a wet back. That's right. You start playing Shooter. with the big boys, and yep. you know one so, mistake can sink the whole ship. It really can. Now, if you 
right now, if you win the Super, now if the Rams won the Super Bowl two years ago, I think everybody right now, you know, you could say, hey, we won a Super Bowl. Golf got us there. Gurley was great that year. We won, and but you didn't win a Super Bowl, and now you're still trying to figure out how to get to the Super Bowl. And the key to make that offense go when it worked, there were two guys, Gurley, and what's the little uh, the little uh, third receiver they had that got banged up two years ago before they went to the Super Bowl. The, Name um, is beyond me. Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Cup got hurt, and that's when Bill Belichick knew take them away. You know, you bunch it up, you stop the run game. He can't throw the ball outside the numbers. They beat him in the Super Bowl. Now, all of a sudden, the smartest coach ever, everybody told me a year ago, and I don't like banging on that guy, but it was ridiculous how far the media went in trying to make that guy out to be the Richie Rich of quarter of, of coaches. Now you got Jared Goff sitting <laughs> he was. Now you got Goff sitting here with 94 million dead cap space, and I hate to tell you this, Zach, and I hate to tell you Rams fans, he ain't even in the top 15 quarterback in my book. And you got to build around him and try to win a Super Bowl, and you just lost one of his best weapons, who I know is banged up, and this is and like like you said, this is the Browns in, in two and a half years or three years or maybe two. You know, you, you do have to pay Chubb. You yeah. do have to pay Miles Garrett. You most likely are going to have to pay ba- Baker Mayfield. Well, the it's alternative not, to not be, paying Baker Mayfield is not good. Let's put it that way, right? It means he it means sure. he flopped. <laughs> well, let me ask let me ask you this: Is Jared Goff? Would it? I understand why they gave the contract to Jared Goff. But is he worth that? No, no. But it was all part of the package of we've got Gurley, right? We have this offense that works. And when McVay signed his extension, he said we're going to extend the quarterback because yeah. the whole thing is you'd rather dance. You got to dance with the one that brung you at some point, right? And he has regressed. Now I don't watch these guys every day. You know, right. I, I don't know, but. Is it is it the league figuring him out? Is it the league figuring the offense out? Which I'll give you your props. You were first to to notice that that was coming with their three formation stuff, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, no. Put it this way: on the open market, right this week, where Phil Rivers got one year, twenty five million, where Tom Brady was the big domino, and there's question marks with those guys. Where Cam doesn't have a home yet. Where Andy Dalton doesn't have a home yet where Ted Bridgewater got all this money. Like, all of those guys would have signed before Jared Goff if he was on the open market. He'd be like Dalton and Cam and an injured Cam right now. You know, I mean, we know if if Cam was healthy, he would have had a job in the first hour, right? But no one knows. Right, no doubt. No one knows, and he's only under contract for a year. And so until some team can figure it out, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, well, and here's the thing. We all know come, come Halloween, um, there, some team is going to be playing some XFL quarterback, right? The team that has the perspective to realize and can't do you have a do you have a coach that's been around long enough? Do you have the right the, you know the right situation that you can make Jameis Winston? Because I still believe for all the the, the pick sixes Jameis Winston threw, and for all the injuries Cam Newton has gone through, they can still win you NFL football games, nope. right? I think both of us agree to that. But you got to have the right situation to put them in. Like, Tannehill isn't worth what he got, but Tennessee got to the AFC Championship game with him. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to mess up right. what's gotten you that far. It really is. Right? Even though it, it is. Like, in the, in the, and you asked me all the good questions last week, with, you know, you like Phillip Rivers. And I'm like, well, I think Phillip Rivers can get you in the right situation. I'll continue saying it. And in Indianapolis, he can get you to the AFC Championship game. I believe it. He can lose it for you. 
No, it will. But listen, here's why I like that signing. And again, he's not a guy that I see all the time. It's clear that that he wasn't the same player in all these Chargers games. It always came down to the last drive. He threw picks last year when previously he had thrown touchdowns. Right? That those those are facts. Right. But you look now. He comes to Indy, and I'd still like to see them upgrade um, the the offensive skill group around him. Yeah. Um, but at least nine games are inside. Right. It's a super winnable division. And that team, mm-hmm. you know, they, they went out and made the move. They, they said, we're not drafting a rookie quarterback. Phil is our guy for now, and we're worried about now. They traded their first-round pick for DeForest Buckner. They've spent when they haven't. Their offensive line, which is considered upper tier of the league, is back completely intact. Like, yeah, that's a go-for-it team. They feel like a little mm-hmm. bit of injury luck, which is part of the reason that they feel like their skill group hasn't been what, it, what it's been. You know, they're right there. And and that is the thing. If you win your division, you're in and you play at home. Or well, only right. one team gets a bye now. So that that's new. And that and that that can't change your thinking. It changes the realities of it, right? So they're the AFC, Jerry, we know. There's Kansas City and there's Baltimore. And to me, yep. right now, there's a pretty significant step to that to that next group. But I think if you look yeah. at that next group and all the teams you can argue about where they are, are they to the top end of that group? Are they at the bottom end of that group? Are they really in that group, which is an argument you could have about the Browns and one that you can't answer until we see the Browns play because they change everything every damn year. You can look at the Colts with Phillip Rivers playing competent, efficient football, and you can say they are at the top of that group. I don't think anyone could do yeah. that. Speaking of teams that were in the top of that group, let's just stay in that division. Um, we don't talk like this very often, but if, you were, I, if I was a fan of the Houston Texans a couple of days, I would have been heated. Um, I'm curious, just <laughs> um, just your thoughts uh, of just what Bill O'Brien well, pulled off. And, and the Houston situation is different. They've allowed the head coach to have full autonomy, uh, Bill Belichick style. We've seen it with Mangini here. We've seen it uh, with Bill Parcells at different times. We've seen it with Bill Belichick. But to trade away the best receiver in the game for David Johnson, who hasn't been healthy um, since he had one good year, and no offense to Dan, and I'm not here. It's not here to bang on a guy, but. I don't give up. To me, DeAndre Hopkins. I really thought it was a mistweet. I, I I'm being dead serious. That <laughs> you did. You did. You, you sent me the screenshot and you said, "Tell me, tell me, this is not true." <laughs> right. I didn't think it was real. Like I, I really was like, "This isn't real." And still, at this moment, at, at four o'clock on Thursday, I'm still sitting here going, "They really traded DeAndre Hopkins for that?" Yeah. So a couple things here. Um, one, we know Bill O'Brien is doing what Mangini did 11 years ago, and that's trying to be Bill Belichick, and that usually doesn't get guys mm-hmm. that, aren't, that aren't really Bill Belichick anywhere. That being said, can you completely believe that the contract was going to be an issue, that the Diva receiver was an issue behind closed doors? Yes, but the fact is you've got Deshaun Watson, one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. When you've got that kind of weapon, you keep those two together because that's how you try to win the Super Bowl. And as soon as it popped, I think it was in Peter King's column on Monday morning. As soon as I woke up and read that, that, that there's been some talk, I, I just knew it was going to happen because that's not something that gets out, right, unless it's going right, to happen. Right. And the motivation right. for that was that the Texans, through O'Brien and through the Laramie Tunsil thing, had given up so many picks that they needed to they needed to get some picks. And if they weren't going to sign him, I mean, it's a way of doing business. It, it just is. Yeah. However, the David Johnson thing, 
I mean, he, that was an albatross. The Cardinals are trying to get rid of him. What did we just talk about five minutes ago? A running back yep. that had one big year that got money and now was weighing his team down. Like, that's a total – the Cardinals should have been giving you picks to take him right. off of the off of the hands. Right. Right? Right. And, and the other thing is – They were going to cut him anyway. Yes. This is not Madden. It has to fit. The one right. fucking receiver that seems like the perfect fit for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury is DeAndre Hopkins. They could have asked yes. for anything and gotten yes. it. Anything. It's to scary, take David man. Johnson it's, back would be saying, we want more. We want more. We want all your late-round picks the next two years so we can turn them in to other things. And they did that deal a second and a fourth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my mouth dropped. I literally, like, I texted And that's if David that Johnson gives them 12 good games this year. It's still right. the bad trade. Well, I mean, let's be honest. The Browns running back core that the Houston Texans used last year can give you what David Johnson will give that's you. That's exactly right. He, he is a, he is theoretically better than Carlos Hyde. He is better than Carlos Hyde. But yeah. because he's so banged up and because he's such an upright guy, you can't count on him giving you more production than Carlos Hyde gave you. You can't. No, 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 you can't. I like, and this is, and, and I got nothing against coaches having some say in who they coach. I don't. But this is one where they, you need someone that runs interference, right? Yes. You know, it, it's just like in friendships when you're when we can go to bars again, and suddenly after drinking, you know, five Trulies. You want to switch over to vodka, or you want to switch over to you know you want to have a Patron or something. Usually, you got to have you got a friend or somebody like yeah, you might want to stick with Trulies, bro. Hey, let me <laughs> you know, let like, me give you a better comparison. This is LeBron at twenty five, surrounded by yes men, right? Yep. Someone yep, needed to say, go. hey, go to Miami. It's great. You sure you want to do this? Well, trust me. Sleep on it one more day, and also don't go on ESPN and break up with Cleveland. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You just needed right. that one guy. Bill, o, Bill O'Brien didn't have that one guy. Yeah. And that's sad. Yeah. It's sad because they would give you said. anything for DeAndre Hopkins. Anything. Anything. And like yeah. plant a fake rumor that the Jets were going to give you their one and call back and say, well, we could just do it for the one to the Jets. Make right. it. Right. Right. <laughs> that's all he had to do. Yes. He just said it. That's all he had to do. Or just say, hey, we're, we're going to call Bill Belichick and see what he wants for. <laughs> like, what is yeah. this? Like, all right. That is, it's, I me, mean, he paid a two problem. for Muhammad Sanu. Oh, oh I, right. Bill, and, that's and that's the same price as like, DeAndre Hopkins? Are you fucking kidding me? It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I guess if I was a Texas fan, I'd be heated. <laughs> heated, heated, heated. And then later on that night, you get Minnesota trading away a good receiver. I don't want to put him down, but he ain't DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> He's good, and what, look what Buffalo gave up right. for. Right, like I, I it's just it's mind. But you know what, Jerry? Right. Um, that to me was a fair price. I think it was a little heavy, but if we we're sitting there talking, right? If we'd have done that a week ago, right now we've been doing this podcast, and you just said, okay, they're going to trade Diggs. What what's going to be the asking price? I said, well, it's going to start with a one and something else. Right. 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 And that's, and, and that's fair. That's a fair way to go about doing yeah. that. I would have no problem with that and going in that way. Um, we haven't talked about the elephant in the room. And we'll get to, I'll ask you before we get out of here, just your thoughts on the Browns, guys. Um, and I got to say, 
I've, I've had the tug of war with the NFL going about doing business this week. It still makes me feel icky at times when money's going across and things like that. And right. people are getting told to go home and, and not work and losing money and, and things of that nature. So it still feels a little icky, but it has been a distraction when I've been able to get my mind away, take my mind away from everything that's happening, which is difficult. Um, the Tom Brady situation, and it's still not official as we are talking, but I think if we were, I can't, here's another, we got to talk about Vegas being close, by the way, before we get out of here. But if I were a betting man and you and I were putting down, you know, our percentages of where we thought Tom Brady would go, I will admit to you, Zachary, Tampa Bay was not high on my list of where I thought Tom Brady would pick and choose. But I look at the cockpit, as our man Phil Savage would always say, you look at the cockpit, and then you look at the coach. I get it. He's probably the one to be – after being with Bill Belichick for 20 years, I think all of us would like to get a Kango and hang out with my man and the coaches down there. I just um, want Brady to start get... wearing a Kango for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you say that. That was awesome. Um, just how surprised were you when that, when that all kind of finally came down that – that's where he wants to go and where he's going to go. Yeah, I, I would I would say I was fairly surprised because, you know, you look at just the best football situation, it felt like Tennessee maybe, right? Um, yeah, yep. The Chargers are in L.A. The Chargers have a ready-made defense, right? Um, the, the Vegas team is Vegas. Gruden's Gruden. Like, you know, uh, all of those right. seem to make more sense. But the only thing I wor- – my worries here from a football standpoint are Brady has not been a vertical thrower. Right for right. he's forty three years old now. Has he had th- those vertical guys? No, he hasn't had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin since he had Randy Moss, which was a decade ago. Right, right. Um, right. But I just want to say, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but obviously, they become a on paper anyway. If Tom Brady can still play, and I think that he can, you know, they become well. First of all, they become a team that's going to be on the maximum number of national TV games. Um, with with Carolina being down and Atlanta kind of being in the middle, they become a team that should be competing for the top of their division and competing for a playoff spot. They become, you know, fascinating, especially if they can get a running back. And I think that's the main thing you have to get for a 43 year old quarterback. I need a banger running back, right? No doubt. That can get me through October and November. Right. And then, then worry about it. It's going to be warm weather or, or playing inside. Um, Mm-hmm. But I just want to say this, 20 seasons in a league where the average career is three years. The Browns have been back for 21 seasons. They've been through nine coaches. Tom Brady was in New England for 20 fucking years. So if you are one of those people that started kindergarten in the same school district or the same cluster of private schools and went all the way through for 13, that's 13 years. LeBron's been in the NBA for wow. 17 years. This is his fourth team. Right, if you count right, two stints, right. twenty years with the Patriots, That's amazing. <laughs> it's right. it's unbelievable. And um, you know, I guess kudos to to all parties for showing class for Tom for coming out and saying this is what I want to do. Um, you know, as far as making the schedule, which I think is put on hold now because of this, that was the big shoe to drop. Where's he going to go? You know. Um, yeah. The Browns, the Browns won't be as out front as they were last year, but they'll be back in the mix. The Bengals with the number one pick are certainly a one Thursday, one Monday type of team, right? The Ravens are a six national game type of team. 
Um, the Browns play both New York teams. They play the Cowboys. They play the Eagles. Peter King floated the rumor that they will host the Eagles on Thursday, week two, as part of the Hall of Fame festivities. Um, you know, so, yeah, so I, I just think that that is kind of the big story. Um, but that shows the power of the NFL, Dre, is that honestly, I might have gone right into Browns and I might have talked more about some other teams. I'm not saying I would have ignored right. Tom Brady in our NFL discussion right. here, but we might have right. had to go three more things before I'd have brought it up had you not brought it up right there. Yeah. No, no. You know? I, I agree. I just think it's one of those situations where I think Tom Brady is iconic. Like, it was one of those stories that, like, I've got Steelers fans. Like, there's so many people that hate him for his 20 years. Browns fans can't hate him because, well, the Browns have been the Browns and can't get out of their own way. But, like, I knew that there were, like, four sets of friends. Like, he texts. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they were all celebrating. <laughs> you know, like, oh, he's not an AMC. And it's like, dude, he's been doing this for 20 years, and you guys still are treating him like he's like he's a till of the hunt. You know, like, like I just think that the momentum that it takes for him to go to Tampa Bay, and to me, I guess the real story, and if we were in Boston um, doing this, I, I think it's kind of – the kid in me still thinks it's kind of cool to see guys in other uniforms. Uh, the Also, the adult me sees – great players playing in uniforms they never had any business putting on. And it's, it's weird. Right. Whether it be Joe. Remember, we were we were kids when Joe Montana played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Got him to the playoffs the one year, but just wasn't the Joe Montana. Sure. Um, there, you know, we, you always hear our, our dads talk about Willie Mays playing for, like, the Mets. Uh, O.J. Simpson playing for, you know, Rams. They're like, there's, you know, there's names. There's, you know, it happens. And, you know, we all want to be nostalgia, and, and we want guys to – we want everybody to be Cal Ripken and Kirby Puckett, you know, or, you know, or trying to go other guys to play for one team. They're all, or Tony Gwynn. Um, it just doesn't happen that often. So this is going to be odd. And you just don't, I mean, heck, we're going to get two of them this year and we're probably more. You can get Phillip Rivers. Yeah. You know, he's played forever. He's going to be, it's going to be weird yeah, to see him in an Indianapolis uniform. Well, one thing. You know, it really is. Yeah. One thing I would say is that that's the NFL. And um, the other thing I would say is, did you see the Josh McCown tweet? Yeah, that was great. It had, uh, it had Odell. It had Odell. Yeah. And if, you, if you guys missed hey, it, it's, it's on my timeline. Uh, Josh McCown put two examples out. He was throwing warm-up tosses in a Tampa Bay uniform, and they used it to put Tom Brady's head there. And then he was walking the right. Browns' sideline in his Browns uniform, and they used it to make the Odell <laughs> Photoshop <laughs> Yeah, it was priceless. It was priceless. Priceless. Absolutely. When the Browns. Priceless. <laughs> and this is funny that it's, it was. It's so good. This is 40 minutes in. I can't believe we're getting to this. Hooper. Um, and I don't like getting in people's pockets, but when you heard that he's going to be the most expensive tight end in the game, you cringe because he's not Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates. That's my, that's my wallet. Um, he's not any of those guys, but he's pretty good. Let me ask you, speaking of Twitter timelines, um, as soon as that kind of happened, you tweeted out, you're being a reporter, doing your job. And the one thing you kind of left open, and, and I know that you're very careful on your tweets, but after that happened, you kind of put out there kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I don't want to put words in my mouth, but I don't have the tweet in front of me. But you left it a little wide open that one of the receivers on the Browns could be traded after that is what I took from it. Sure. If I've taken it wrong, tell me. Right. But just do you really think Landry or, or, or Beckham could be moved? Not Landry, no. But I do think Beckham could, okay. could be moved. I, I just think – He's the kind of guy where that's not going to go away. And when just the facts are that exactly a year ago, a year and a week ago, the guys that traded for you are no longer employed by the team and you make that kind of money and the dead money's already 
would be swallowed by someone else, you're on the block, you know? And so yeah. I think it would take the right trade. And if you'll notice right now, day four of free agency, no receivers have gone anywhere because of this draft yeah. class. You know, I don't think the situation will be, but the Browns are entering the territory when you pay a tight end $11 million and you pay a right tackle $20 mil for one year. Like, you're entering wow. the territory where the cap is about to matter, especially with Miles Garrett mega extension on the doorstep, right? So, right. so yeah, so I, I, I did leave that uh, open as a possibility. Um, you know, as far as David Njoku, you know, they, they might want – both to play, but he's a year from free agency, and I see Jason Witten getting three mil from somebody. That means somebody will give a five or a six for Njoku. Dude, right? That's just... what is John Gruden smoking? Yeah, right. is... So, like, like, um, he can't run. No, he can't run. no, he cannot run. He cannot run anymore. But hey, they they you know they had that Darren Waller last year, and they had a rookie. Yeah. They had a rookie who played at LSU, you know, and they, there was no ball to go to him. So I just think Witten is there to honestly just be in the meeting room for those guys and to line up and catch yeah. two two yard touchdowns that's all yeah. um, the waller kid is the waller kid is talented so yeah he's got a chance yeah but i would say this i would say four days in um six or seven guys in the browns have done a real solid job um there, there is no point in giving out a pluses there's no point in super bowl proclamations and there are some holes but they've done a real solid job to get guys like hooper and conklin you're gonna have to pay they did they got them done right away and nobody else was touching those numbers so you go forward with them. Uh, B.J. Goodson, just a guy. Um, wh- who's the safety? Savage? No, it's uh, yeah, no, Carl Joseph. Raiders, Carl Joseph, uh, yeah. Joseph. Um, Thought yeah, of he, highly, hasn't done much. Yeah, no, he, he is just a guy, but he's played. Um, that's important. Goodson's played. You get the fullback for nothing. <laughs> that's a plus. Case Keenum, most important meeting in the room. That's money well spent. Uh, and you go oh, get yeah. Andrew Billings. Uh, I, honestly, my only point of contention there is the one-year deal. I, I would have signed him for more because both those other guys are, are kind of headed for the market after this year. He's 25 years old. He's athletic. Right. So, you know, right. the Bengals letting him go. I, I do wonder if there's something out there because this was like a second-round player that went to the fourth round four years ago. I, I, I don't – I'm just spitballing. I don't know anything. But, man, I, I just think, look, anytime you have all this change – you don't know. And anytime you are spending significant money in free agency, there is a risk just because history says they're not all going to work out, but they could still go get the safety. If they want, they could still use some combination of hunt Beckham, the Joku to fill an exact hole. If something pops months from now and they've, they've gotten better. They've added experience. They've added guys that have played in big games and have played in the playoffs and they've taken the NFL free agency is take your glaring weak areas and at least patch them up, if not give them a chance to be strengths. And if Conklin and Hooper play 16 games and mel- meld and mesh with their team and teammates, those areas have the chance to become strengths. So still worry about the yeah. defense. Still think you have to worry about a, a rookie left tackle, but still, still don't know how any of this is going to go. But I think four days in, they were more aggressive than I thought they would be, and I think they've done a really solid job of making the team better in terms of looking at, okay, in 15 months, you need to be a contender in the AFC. Yes. Hey, one more thing, the fullback that they got from Denver. I saw your tweets. I haven't been able to read the story yet. I've been reading a lot of stuff. Um, 
He's like the type of guy that will hang out with A to Z out in Portage Lakes on the rain now. Yes. So, Saturday afternoon. So the, the deal with him is he did an interview about a year ago when he signed his extension. And he, he kind of jokingly said to this reporter, I've spent all my football money on hunting gear, uh, chewing tobacco, and bush light. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a guy from small town Nebraska. And he, he said he'd been driving the same truck that he got when he was 17 years old. You know, and, and uh, so he did buy a new truck. And so I, I did, you know, I talked to him yesterday on the phone and I said, let's talk about Bush Light because this is what my friends drink. And he said, listen, when I drink beer, I absolutely drink Bush Light. It's not for everybody. And he said he talked to Ryan, a friend of his was Ryan Miller, who was a late round pick of the Cowboy or the, the uh, Browns many yeah. years ago, stuck with the Cowboys and eventually retired because of concussion concerns. But he said that he said to him, is, is Cleveland a bush-like kind of city? And he said, oh, they buy it by the pallet there. And he said, so I can't wait to get there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. so I, I, listen, I mean, that that is that that is a good – that's what a good front office does. You know, a full fullback, Dre, is is a, the ultimate non-renewable resource because they get paid to run, run into people, right? And he had a freak mm-hmm. – dislocated elbow last year that cost him seven games and he had another injury before that but this is a guy that's done it and done it at a high enough level that just x amount of months ago the broncos extended him before they changed offenses so yeah now for a seventh round pick you go and you get a guy and he's there right and you put him with nick chubb and ideally with kareem hunt let me say this because again i really know better than to get in these twitter arguments and i don't want to come off as the noah we all know it all, but I, I want you guys to know if we can have, if we're going to have conversations, you got to have working knowledge here. The second yes. round tender on Kareem hunt is so the Browns don't lose him for nothing. Guys, the moment he signs that tender, all bets are off, right? No team, right, right. no team is signing a running back with that kind of baggage, especially giving up a second-round pick and signing him to a multi-year contract with huge bonuses. So that that means the Browns are getting him. And as soon as they sign him, that means he's on a one-year contract for $3 million with zero guaranteed to him and zero guarantees past December 30th for the Browns. So that means he's just a player about to hit free agency. And we know, again, the guys that brought him here don't work for the team. We know Kareem's history, whether you think he's a good guy, bad guy, in-between guy who's, who's been in the wrong place, wrong time. We know his one mistake from never playing again. So he becomes one of those resources where you can look and say, we have our guy. And if we are going to pay Nick Chubb, then maybe we can move Hunt. Um, even if you don't think they're going to pay Nick Chubb, and I, and I think they are, I think they have to, you only have Kareem's rights for one more season. So he... When I put it out there, if I'm the Bucks, I call Kareem Hunt because that is exactly the kind of workhorse back that could make Tom Brady better. Oh, and people say, oh. people say, would they have to give up a two? No. And then I, then all of a sudden, I'm the dickhead for calling for saying right. that you're a dumbass for saying that. But as usual, I'm right. Well, the one thing <laughs> I'll let you ride off in glory with that. The one thing that we're finding out right now is a lot of people just don't like that. Yes. A lot of people want to hear what they want to hear, especially on Twitter. And, and you explained that really well. Um, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but I just I want to say something before we go. There's a couple things I want to say before we go. Um, as I was looking at the timeline, as we both tend to do, we take we do our Dustin Fox of the show. One guy talks, the other guy gets entertained by 15 other things. Um, <laughs> and then, then remembers that doing shit. <laughs> 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 I love him. Um, 
and I really do love him. Uh, NFL update just came down. <clears throat> Head coach Sean Payton has tested positive for the coronavirus um, for Adam Schefter. Uh, I'm going to say something that is not educated. That's just a person that lives in America. Uh, and it's just my opinion. I don't know everything to know about this virus. I do know that I have seen illness within my own family, within my friends and neighbors, basically since Thanksgiving. And, I, and I'm putting you on the spot with this because I didn't tell you I was going to tell you this. I don't know how strong this, this virus is. I don't know who to believe and what to believe. I do believe in science, um, and there's something to it. And I don't like blaming it on one country or this or that. But I got a feeling this thing has been around for a while, Zach. Remember I told you the day that Kobe Bryant died, I was the sickest I had ever been. And, and I don't, maybe I didn't have that, but maybe I just know that I'm, I know within my own family, I've seen a lot of illness and I'm not, and I don't live in fear. Um, I got a belief, I believe. And I just feel like we may get the tip of the iceberg with this thing, Zach, but I'll tell you this, and I'm not afraid, but I have kept myself away from people and just been around my family. Um, we found out last night that someone that worked for the Reds uh, in the facility down in Goodyear, the Indians and, and Reds share um, land, basically, uh, where their facilities are near each other. Um, I'm just being honest. Since, you know, January 20th, I've been out of the country, into the country. Um, since February 24th, 23rd, I've flown four or five times. I've been to Vegas and back. I've been to Arizona and back. You guys know my schedule. Um, I've been around a lot of baseball players. I've been around a lot of coaches. and I've been a lot of play- ballparks. Um, I'm fine. And I'm not going to sit here and make some, like, dropping. I guess what I'm saying is is that I'm not afraid, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think all of us should look in the mirror and think about this as we go along with life. Um, when you start saying – you just don't think these stars are just getting it, right? A lot of us haven't had a chance to get tested. A lot of us don't know. And I think when we see these big names that continue to get it, let's just be realistic. I, I read somewhere, I saw a doctor from somewhere else, from another country, say this, and it hit home the best thing that we all could do right now is probably act like or think that we have it and stay the hell away from people because there's a good chance that, I mean, it's a, it's a bug. It's a virus. Um, you told the perfect story in the last podcast about the guy that walks into the high school basketball game, right? Uh-huh. You know, you go to the ticket guy, you give a hug to the, to the old, the old lunch lady, you give a dap to the referee, you give a hug to the, to the, your, your old buddy's friend. You, you know, you got to dap up this guy, got to hug this guy, eat your nachos. I just, I'm not a fear monger. I don't believe in fear. I believe in my faith. Um, I just know where I've been, and I know that I give a lot of handshakes. I give a lot of pounds. I just don't think this thing is this one. I just don't think it's as simple as a lot of people want to make. Be careful. Be smart, guys. Please. Yeah, I, I would just say that I, you know, I totally, as much as I hate being confined, as much as I would love to be at a BW3s right now watching the games, right? Like me too. You know, I am in total respect of what the doctors, what the leaders. You know what people who know are saying, and anybody that's been directly affected, you know, our thoughts are with you. I think we all have an understanding that we're doing this for a reason. That it, the numbers are going to spread. That you know, there's going to be some, possibly some measures that need to be taken. Uh, I don't know. It's not my area of expertise, but I, I think wow. I, I hope that there's a healthy, um, you know, respect for what is going on, what could be going on. And, you know, everybody's got to just play by the rules and as we try to get, get back to some level of normalcy, 
right? Right. And I'll say this: you got you got a grandfather that's that's over ninety years old, right? And I ninety-seven. Like, not, yes, ninety-seven. And it's awesome every time you get to post a picture of him and talk about him golfing and and yelling at, at your grandma, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. I get a kick out of those. I know my buddy Nick Camino. God bless him. Um, he's not tweeting during this. He's learned his lesson. But he's got some grandparents that you know that are that are very old. I guess what I'm getting at. I, and, and look, I, we've all seen the video of the college kids that are on, on spring break, and they're just full of themselves and they're dumb. And I said to my wife the other night, I was like, "Shit, they look so dumb and sound so dumb." I go, "Hell, at 20, 21 years old, I, I go, I was a dummy too." And I go, "I don't know about did that though." My wife made a good point, and this kind of you know points out to where we're all at. She goes, "Yeah, we you were stupid." She goes, "But you had a brain." And she goes, when Columbine happened, that scared the shit out of me. I remember Columbine happening, and I walked out of a class with one of my best friends still to this day, um, and we were going to go get stoned. And the person that was going to go get us stoned told us what happened to Columbine. And I remember we went back to our apartment, and we didn't get stoned, and we sat there and watched TV, and we were in shock. And when the year I grew, and, and 9-11 happened um, late in my college career, and that paused me and gave me a different thought process on America. I hope I hope that these kids can look at this, and I hate to compare 9-11 to this or Columbine to this, but those are things, Zach, in my lifetime that I'll never forget, just like the Challenger. Um, I'll never forget because Judy Resnick went to the same elementary school I went to when we were actually watching it in school when the Challenger blew up. And I'll never forget the teacher I had who had taught Judy Resnick in class bursting out in tears. Those are things, as you grow older, there's only certain things that you remember and you never forget. I hope that the younger people that can't, take the full gauge of the importance of staying away from each other and doing what we're being told to do right now. I hope that they can open their eyes and realize it's not about you right now, man, but God, you would feel like a real shit bag. If you got your grandfather sick or if you got your mother or father sick or they got someone sick and you lost them. The, la- the last two days, Jerry, the last two mornings I've gone and got coffee for my grandparents at McDonald's and I go put it on their front porch, get back in the car Call them as I pull away. There's coffee there for you. You know, you just right. can't right. risk it. It's, no. it's not. It's not worth the risk. Um, it's it's just not. You know, it's no. We went met, we went and met my in laws today at a park, and we brought a soccer ball, and we literally stood in a big circle, and just kicked the ball with each other, but we didn't get close, and we had to explain to our kids. And I know it's hard. I got a five and a seven year old. They want. They're used to hugging my dad, my my father in law, my mother in law. They're used right. to hanging. They're, and we've had to tell them, and it's been high all bit. And I'm and I'm saying this towards parents. I get it. Your kids want to go out and fucking play. They want to be kids. And I know it's hard. There's certain people in my neighborhood right now that I want to I want to I want to break their necks because they got kids out playing and doing play dates and everything else. And I'm like, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And not only are you not supposed to be doing that, it's making parenting harder for me because my kids don't get it. My kids want to go do that too. Right. But we can't do that right now. So just. If, if you if you're caught up in and and there's some people that are just hard headed, um, but don't be so hard headed and, and lack so much knowledge that you screw the rest of us over. You know what? Uh, you know what Mindy's kid told her the other day. What's that? He said, "Mom, you know what my favorite part about homeschool is?" She said, "What?" He said, "I can poop whenever I want." <laughs> ah, that's my dog. That's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, two good. things. One, one, when you talk about kicking the ball in the circle, shout out again to Jim France. What are those guys doing? Soccer in that ball around? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And also, uh, um, you know, speaking of blessings and what's going on and all that, today's my dad's birthday. And, of course, we got on the family group message and we just busted balls. I told him now that he's 68, maybe he can learn some life skills like being able to change a tire. And he let, he let it go on because he doesn't want to text us, but he does. And he came back and he said, you know, I'm fortunate to make it this far. And really, you know, it's not That's just awesome. in this time, but in general, you are. You, to make it that far, you probably need some breaks. I know I've had some to get to 40. I know you, no, you've sure as shit had some to get to 42. <laughs> 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 you ain't <a> <laughs> You do need some breaks. Um, and, hey, shout out to Mr. October. Um, I appreciate the older I get. I appreciate our dads and the shit they put up with with us to get to this point and this far in life. Um, I shout out to them. Shout out to all the parents that have kids that are 15, 16, 17, 18 right now, and they got to be home with their kids. Yeah. Like, that's what I had to say to Jen the other day. I was like, man, we're lucky. Our kids are five and seven, full of energy and sugar and all that other shit. Imagine if they were a little bit older. And, and we've talked about the kids that are missing high school sports and things like that. That sucks. Um, A to Z is for the kids, as you guys know. Yeah. Um, so um, we're going to uh, go. I'm going to promote something real quick. There's a pot of coming. Um, it needs a better name, but it is what it is. We're going to do a live video stream, hopefully, um, next Wednesday from 3 to 9, uh, where we're going to sell online raffle tickets to uh, um, some amazing prizes, experiences for teams, restaurants, establishments, et cetera. Um, and basically, this is going to be a bunch of podcasts in Northeast Ohio. Uh, John Tellage will be a part of it. Uh, Mike Polk and Bill Squire um, will be a part of it. Uh, the, uh, Random Acts of Podcasting with Raconia and Angel Gray. Uh, Will Burge, the w, WFNY, Craig Lindell. Craig's been huge to us, uh, helping us. We're all going to try to get together and pod together for about five hours straight, all in the name of helping others and helping kids uh, with lunches and kids with things like that. Because um, if people will go on and listen to our two dumbasses talk and go back and forth and make fun of each other, and you can help somebody, it's the least we can do. So keep your eyes and, uh, and ears open for that. We'll have it on our Twitter pages, and we'll have it on the Facebook page. Uh, but look for that next Wednesday from 3 to 9. We're going to be a part of that for an hour um, just to do our part to help out those that need it. Yeah, when we know more details, we'll certainly tweet about that, not just because we got nothing else to do, but we will uh, share that. <laughs> it's something we're, we're going to be glad to do, and uh, we don't know the exact details on that, but we'll do it. <clears throat> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so, guys, a couple of you sent in suggestions for things to talk about during this non-sports time. Thank you. A, keep them coming. B, when it's not NFL free agency uh, frontline stuff, we will get to those. I had a couple ideas on my own. Um, so we're going to be able to do this. I mean, we were going to pod yesterday, but I went to bed at like 730, and we, we were able to get to it this <laughs> afternoon. Hell, we might do one tomorrow. You never know. We um, really might. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that this Sean Payton news is going to cancel. The only sport on TV on Saturday was going to be horse racing, but it's going to cancel this because he right. was at Oakland Park last Saturday. Um Right, yeah. That's right. So, um, but anyway, beyond that, our sponsors, Scene, The Honeymoon Grill, American Fireworks, they've been good to us. Uh, be good to them if you get the opportunity to do so. And remember, um, as we process this, guys, Todd Gurley, only 25 years old. So, man, in the NFL, wow. you just never know. Best running back in the NFL two years ago, right? That's what yep. we were all talking about. Had all the commercials, had all the other great stuff, and boom, just like that. And his contract blew blew the others out of the water. Remember what? Remember one? We actually were talking about. Oh yeah. And someone we was did. like, You're "Guys, right. you missed the girly contract." We're like, "Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We really did." Hey, um, you brought up Scene Magazine. Scene's been great today. Easy podcast. 
Um, they're going through a tough period of time right now. I had to lay some people off. Um, I'm not into telling people what to do with their own money, um, but having reporters and having people give you the news and get you the news, you don't have to like everything Scene Magazine's about. I don't read every article. Um, I love having one when I was in college and, you know, and got a little bit older and was, and was in the bar scene and that. Um, but if you're into donating, helping people out, they had to lay off most of their staff. Um, they've been good to us. They post, they put us up. Um, if you're into donating, if you want to help, and I know that's tough for everybody to do, uh, help those guys out because you may take it for granted, but we need all the publications we can uh, because it's not about just right now. It's about who are we and where will we be in six to eight months and even a year from now. So my thoughts are with all the guys at the same magazine. Hopefully they can bounce back from this. All right. Stay positive, y'all. Talk to you soon. Konnichiwa, this silly-ass disease.